<coughs> oh, jeez, started the podcast with a cough. Um, shit, I could start this again, but I'm not going to. This is <laughs> episode 53 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it is me, Griff, obviously. Guess who I am? Back in the car. Fuck. I'm drinking a hot chocolate that's way too hot for my mouth. Um, how's everyone doing? How's your week been? I was going to record this yesterday, um, which is Saturday. This being recorded late on a Sunday at, uh, at 10.15. Super Bowl time. Where it's going to be, was it the Patriots versus the Eagles? Uh, my older brother, well, two older brothers who like um, NFL. One's a Packers fan and one's a Pats fan. And um, I read the New England Patriots, right? They're like Man United were back in the day. It's just they're easy to hate because they win things. And um, and I, I want I want the Eagles to win. But you know what happened last year with the Patriots? Their comeback, man. If you don't know, basically Tom Brady, who's their quarterback, he trolled the internet. They were down twenty-eight three at half time. The commentators all talking about his Tom Brady passed it. How he needs to retire. This is his last ever Super Bowl. Mate, just trolled in there. Turn the game around. Patriots won. So they've got this kind of magic about them. And I have to decide whether I'm going to pretend to like American football again and stay up and watch it. Because see, that's what happens. You don't watch any other game of American football, but then you take the day off tomorrow to watch the Super Bowl tonight. And Justin Timblake's back doing his halftime show. When he's going to do more country and western. So I was like, what, what's going on with... I've heard his new songs. They, they are shit. Absolutely shit. It's like Eminem's album as well. And Eminem's coming back to the UK, Twickenham. Ticket's like £115 a ticket. Each. Standing. For Eminem. 2018 Eminem. No. He's not the same dude. Can't be paying those prices. But I bought my tickets for Kevin Hart yesterday. £58. Reasonable. His irresponsible tour. I think this is going to be his most fire tour. It has to be his most fire tour. Yeah? It, is, it has to be his most fire tour. After what's happened to him this year. After he got... Uh, he got sexually assaulted by, by those women. And then filmed. With no consent. Poor, poor man. Feel sorry for him. He's the true victim. <laughs> But no, uh, how's, how's your week been, people? My, my week's been all right. It's been all right. I gigged on um, on Monday. On, no, on Tuesday. Um, what happened on Monday? Oh, that's it. Me and, me and the lady were going to go out for dinner. Um, we went out on the one day that um, Ping Pong, which is a dim sum restaurant, they were having um, their staff party. So I booked for 7.30. I rock up at 7.30. The guy says, no, sorry, we're not serving after 7 today, so you just missed out. I was like, but I've booked. Why do you accept my booking? He goes, well, you must have booked 6.30. I was like, mate, I know how to book 7.30. He's like, no, you must have done 6.30. I was like, how are you being so fucking arrogant? Here, here's my confirmation. And he was like, oh, shit, sorry. No, well, the kitchen is closed, so you no. So, um, and here's the thing, guys. You've got a lady. I've already told my girl. She has to do our moaning. Because 
people are less likely to punch a woman square in the face. So she does the moaning. I I do the silent. I'm annoyed by this. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I may just punch someone at any moment. See, that's what you do. I do the silent, violent bit. She does the talking and demanding. And it's just a perfect team. So that's what we did. Teamed up on him. She's like, well, we've booked. We came out expecting a meal. And we have no food. What we must have you must be able to give us something, some kind of voucher, discount from next time. And then like she was just looking at me and I was like, I just looked away from her and just like I, 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 I don't I'm I'm lost for words. And I start pacing a bit. The guy's like, alright, 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 right, let me see what I can sort out. Ran, ran out the back, came back two boxes. I was like, what what's in these boxes? It's like there's these are it's food. Complimentary, have it. This is food from the party. Um, these are some rolls. There's pork and uh, beef. I don't eat red meat. She doesn't eat pork. So it was like, neither of us eat pork. So, oh, no, I've got vegetable ones. So he ran out back, gave me vegetable ones. And all right, free food. So we just walked around eating that. And then um, that's it. We was full. So we just got some ice cream and went home. <laughs> free food. Then Tuesday, gigged at Judah Booker's. Um, again, that was really fun. Fun gig. Um, it's a few guys who I hadn't seen before I actually smashed it absolutely smashed it Um, oh, I can't remember his name now shit I hate the fact that I'm going to refer to him as the Asian guy because I can't remember his name but yeah he was awesome absolutely awesome Um, I'll, I'll find his name and I'll post it Um, yeah did that Wednesday went to Wembley to see Spurs demolish Man United from start to finish. We kicked your ass. We wiped your ass, man. We wiped your ass. <laughs> when foreigners get sayings wrong. We flipping wiped your ass, man. We are the dog's testicles and penis at football. Dog's penis at football. But, um, no, it was good. Missed the first goal, though, because... 11 seconds. Man, and Spurs drew two all today. Again, robbed it last minute. Last minute penalty. I didn't, I didn't watch the game. I just saw the score. I knew it'd be too stressful for me to watch. But um, here's a little cheat, people, when you go into Wembley. Because obviously, before football, every pub that's on any train on the train line going towards the stadium, packed. Absolutely packed. So there's 81,000 people there on, um, on Wednesday at Wembley. A lot of people going to the game. So went to a pub, wanted something to eat as well. Hey, no food being served. Can't get anywhere to sit, can't get food there. Guess what? Life hack, people. Here's what you do before a game. Don't go to the pub looking for somewhere that serves food as well. No, no, no. Go to a restaurant and then order booze. That's what we did. We went to this Italian restaurant, just ordered beers and a few limoncellos. And we ate massive pizzas, drank, quick service, sat down, no noise, that's how you start a game. So that's what I want to do from now on, people, before games, uh, I want to go for meals. So yeah, everyone, who will meet me for football, Dave, Gary? Yeah, go for a pre-match lasagna, mate. Yeah, pre-match lasagna. But fuck off, hey, get lasagna, mate. Hey, what's football? Hey, what's Spurs? All right, it's one of our own. Tottenham. It's like, 
yeah, right, we won't be able to sing in that garage. We're in the restaurant. Like, just calm it down. But you're going to get beers. Nah, fuck it. Nah, I'm going to stand in this pub, mate. Spill burger all over my chest. Because I've got no plate, no table, no little rest of drink. Fuck, he's sitting in the restaurant before football. You're crazy, Neil. Um, look, I've completely digressed. I'm tired. It's very late. And I'm going to keep this podcast short. Um, Thursday, what did I do? I had a private gig. That's right, your boy's travelling. I'm on the road. I went to Henley, Henley on Thames. Listen, do you know what it's like performing in front of children? You're the most honest critics, you know? Now, Henley's nice. And these guys are... Look, the fact is they're privileged white kids in a boarding school. But they're young and they don't actually realise they're privileged. And a lot of my jokes rely on stereotypes. So part of me was going to go, do I just go in on them? And stuff. I thought, nah, maybe, maybe not that worldly. I don't know. What, what have they seen? What they know? What they know of me? What they know of me as a black guy? Anyway, as I'm setting up and waiting to go on stage, I hear this guy. He says two words that I heard that made my that piqued my interest. One was one of them walk into the room. He said to his mate, "Yeah, wild guard." And I was like, "What?" And then the other one said to his friend, "Mate, you are an utter rascal." I I was in stitches. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, do you know what? It was actually a fantastic gig to do. It was the cool crowd. They they liked comedy. They're there to have a laugh, man. And they're nice kids. Um, and, it's right, and they could laugh. And they could laugh at themselves. They could laugh at themselves. So I took the piss out of them saying that they're not quite um, this other school, which is I knew I did my research. It's a rival school. And they started booing. I said, you boo, but they are a better school than you. And then they all started laughing. So it's, they were good. They were, it was a good crowd, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so shout out to them, to um, the Shiplake College. That's that's their name, the school, Shiplake College. And man, oh, their facilities were nice. Nice than most people's unis, man. It was flipping nice. Really, really nice. So that was cool. I enjoyed it. I really, really did enjoy it. Um, and then I drove, drove back. And tell you what, driving from Henley, um, guys, if you ever get a chance to go to here, just go. It's the place stinks of money. Just I don't feel I don't see any homeless people there. Um, I think if I was mugged in Henley, I'd come off richer. <laughs> That's how. You know what I mean, you ever drove somewhere and you, you actually unlock your car door. When I'm driving through Holston and stuff, my car door gets locked. I don't know what's going on. It's packed. People are in the street. I'm like, let me just lock my car door. I don't know what's going to pop off. But in Henley, oh, I opened it up and wound down the window. Started shouting abuse at people. Come and rob me. Let's do a car swap. No, proper nice, proper nice place. And then Friday, I was in Southampton gigging. Hosting the night. Maury Styler, Judy Love, Jake Lambert, all fantastic comedians. Um, so I was hosting, so it was it was honour, it was honour to host that. Um, and I didn't have my um, my pre-gig meltdown because this happens. It doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. But I like to have that imposter syndrome. I've seen these guys, I've performed with all of them before. But, you know, when you've seen people on TV, when you've seen their works on TV, Jake writes for eight out of ten cats. And mock the week. Yeah, he's proper. Judy is being on TV. Ori being on TV. 
always been going, like, going for years. These are like these eyes are good. They got me hosting. I mean, what the fuck, Sir Griffiths? What the fuck's the fucking Mayweather? Who, who the fuck is Darren Griffiths? So it's like, it's nuts. And do what? I, uh, I've not learned as well. Southampton people have an accent. I didn't think you did. It only listeners to Southampton. I didn't realise you had accent. Two guys I know from Southampton. Um, is One is my niece's boyfriend and the other one is my mate, Tom. And they don't really have an accent. But then when you go to Southampton, ooh, that's very different. Very different. <laughs> they have an accent. It was cool. It was cool, man. It's cool gig. Um, and then I drove to the hotel because I had a wedding on Saturday. Now, this drive, I was Alton, Alton Four Marks. Listen, this, uh, you know, when you're driving somewhere and you think, you know, in Henley, I said I'll unlock the window and stuff. Driving down these roads, though, I was like, I. I'm either going to eaten, murdered, or raped. Or all three at the same time. Or in different orders. I don't know. These are, you know, the streets, it's like, if I break down here, I won't have any phone reception. I may die. It's kind of like wooded area that you'd hear noises. He's like, I don't recognize that animal. It's like, what? what? She's like, no, no. Fuck it, I'm dying. I'm dying. Do I have a flare gun? Where is my flare gun? <laughs> I, it was scary. It looked like um, Get Out. The bit where he gets stopped by the police. But knocked over the deer. That's what it felt like, man. It was scary. Alright, so... um, I got there. Got to the travel lodge. And, stuff, and you know, travel lodge is it's travel lodge. That's what it is. Travel Lodge is Travel Lodge. Um, the walls are so thin, I could actually hear next door their phone vibrating on the desk. Um, so it was not the greatest sleep, but you know I can sleep anywhere. And yeah, the trick is, it's always just that, just to knock one out, and then you you knock out, it's fine. That's how you go to sleep. Ah <laughs> oh dear. Um, and then yeah, then the wedding. Wedding, wedding, wedding. Now listen, guys. Um, when my mates get when there's when there's a wedding, when there's um, a birthday, we always just go to go to nuts. We go to nuts. We drink too much, and it just gets silly. And it did get to that point in the night where you could just start hearing glasses smash, people just dropping glasses, people falling over. It was just getting silly. It's like we need to go home. Everyone leave. We've we've done too much, <laughs> but no, it was good, really fun, really fun win. So congratulations to Rick and Heather, they are now married. Long overdue, it felt like, you know, when the couples is really well suited. And you're like, mate, you ain't getting any better than her, mate. So you you you're already locked in. So lock this down, son. Lock it down. And to be, to be fair, we always say that about the guy and the girl. But do you know what? He's a good catch for her as well. He's a top bloke. So I'm very happy that they got married. It's nice. When you're at a wedding. I've said this before. When you're at a wedding and you see two people. And you're like, they're so well suited. I'm really happy this is happening. And it was good. Really good. And to show, show the level of banter that she has. Um, one of the guys did a reading. And she made him add 
different parts of reading where um yeah she sort of started reading out the football scores because it was three o'clock the wedding so she <laughs> started reading the football scores i was like that is genius that's hilarious but um great wedding but yes i fucked up my face though i guess i've got to mention that because i did tweet about it um yeah leaning on a table table gave way i wasn't expecting it. i thought the table had my back it didn't i flew off the back of the table into a fireplace and uh, the fact that i just came away with just um a split across my nose and a graze across my forehead is miraculous i don't think the fireplace was on but um yeah it, it weren't great it was not great um and yeah i've i've been told off by both my mum and my girl because my face um so <laughs> so yeah um no doghouse though i don't get put in the doghouse um we just have conversations about it and i'm a reasonable guy so i was like yeah no that's that's a good point i, sh- I should take care of myself when drinking so that's how that went yeah and then i'm back outside sat in the car just been driving all around today driving all around today and um you know what Nothing came to mind. I, I hate talking about driving, but one of my pet peeves, yeah, one of my gripes is, you know, when the speed camera's there and a the person slows down, it's a 40 zone, they're already driving at 35 and then they slow down because there's a speed camera. This guy's driving like 28 miles per hour, almost smashed into the back of him. Because there's me like a dickhead driving at 40 because that's the speed. But then someone always also pointed out to me that the speed limit is actually just a recommendation and the maximum. You don't actually have to go at that speed. <laughs> but hey, if it says 40, I'm going 40. Why the hell would I go at 20? You go as fast as you're allowed. That's how you drive. Except for now they've got those fucking sneaky cameras that are uh, those average speed cameras. Which I found out actually work. I haven't been caught by it, but others have, and they've installed them on the M1 now. So yeah, so if you're flipping raging down the M1 at four in the morning, don't do it. You're gonna get that speed ticket. You won't get flashed, but you'll get a ticket in the post. So the trick here is to just. Just lie about where your car's registered, isn't it? <laughs> That's the way to deal with it. Just lie where your car's registered and just do that. All right. I know we've been in this podcast for 18 minutes, right? Um, what else is there to talk about this week? Has anything happened in the news? Got Angela Merkel laughing at uh, Theresa May and the Brexit negotiations, um, which I found funny. Yeah. It's true. Because if you don't know, basically, Merkel said to May, right, what do you want from Brexit? And May was like, well, make me an offer. And she said, well, no, you've got to say what you want because you're leaving. She said, no, you make me an offer. So I don't have to offer you anything. And that's true. That's true. If you're you're the one coming to the table, you've got to say what you want. I think that does work in all situations. You go into a shop, you've got to ask, you've got to say what you want. Well, yeah, it's not for them to offer. You go into a restaurant. 
they just start reading the whole menu to you, making you an offer. No, you got order. And then that's when they go, no. May I have uh, have a pizza, please? And he's like, no, you can't. Why? This is McDonald's. Oh, okay. See, you've got to make, you've got to make the offer. As the person going in. So, Theresa May, you failed there. But, you know what? People do need to get off her back. I will say that, though. Right? I'm no Theresa May fan. I'm not a conservative. I'm not, I don't really have any political allegiance. Right? But, everyone's proper digging her out about how she's doing on Brexit. Yeah? Well, get her out. Get someone else to deal with it. Why? Who? This is the first and only time Brexit's happened. There's no expert at Brexit. She can't get it right. Whatever she does, it's gonna be a monumental fail. And she's got really stitched up. She didn't she wouldn't want to be leader. She didn't even want Brexit. Now she has to deal with it. People are like, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. No one even knows how to do it. Like everyone just shut up. Just give her a go. Just let her go it. Like, if that's what the country voted for, she has to do it. She's what she's working it out. This is her this is how you do Brexit. You've got to work it out. So yeah, so yeah, I, I just completely 180 on my own point. I'm taking the piss out of her, but then I've also said leave her alone. <laughs> and that's the beauty of uh, of Griff's brain dump. When I'm just I'm just dumping stuff out of my head. I haven't really thought about these thoughts fully. I just say these things. All right, that's what I do. All right, let's get a bit of dear Deirdre going. Right, I haven't got a Sun newspaper. Doesn't matter because I've got the internet. Got a fat in internet, and I. In there. Before I actually got onto this, right, I was watching um, Don't Tell the Bride earlier. Right, how do they get these guys on these shows, man? Like, there's one I watched, he took his woman, he was going to make her do wing walking. Yeah, that's where you stood on a plane, in her wedding dress. Going, three planes, he stood on one, she stood on the other, and the priest is in on the other plane, reading their vows, in the air, on planes. Like, who? When is that a good idea? But then they can't the wing the airline people cancelled on him. So what he had to do was do something new. Took a rally driving on her wedding day in a white dress, muddy rally driving. Like where do they get these fucking guys from? Don't get it. I, I swear they have to do it on purpose. It's something with the bridezilla, isn't it? They always get like the most unhinged woman. Like. I saw one where the woman was calling her future mother-in-law a bitch. They shut your mouth, bitch. You don't know me, dumb bitch. Get out of my face. Like her own mum isn't actually helping her get ready for a wedding because she's like an orphan or something. So this woman is trying to help her get ready to marry her son. And she's just taking the abuse. They got to the point where you know when someone's abused so badly, but then you start siding with the abuser. Because the person is just way too much of a dickhead to be taking that much abuse. She's like, do what? Fuck it. Yeah, do what? Cuss her. Cuss his mum, innit? Because she's being dumb. I don't know how they do these TV shows. But anyway, dear Deirdre, should I take revenge on my married lover after she snogged a younger man? Wait, your married lover? So not your wife? Wait, so not your wife then? This is your married lover? So, brother, what, you can't be jealous of the person you're cheating with, cheating on you with someone else. Are you married? What the fuck? Let's read this. 
I've been having a fabulous, sexy affair. Where you go, so sh- mate, shut up. Just shut the fuck up right now. I hate this shit. You're cheating. Are you upset? That- fuck off. Well, I've been having a fabulous, sexy affair with a beautiful woman who's 14 years younger than me. But now all I want is revenge. I'm a single. You're- so you're single. I'm a single man, 48. I've had loads of flings in my life. But the women have never been free to give all their time and attention to me. They've all been married to someone else. Well, stop going for married people, you cunt. You cuckolded. Anyway, I met my latest, most special lover at work. We were in the sales department of a large lending firm. Okay, people are going to know who you are. Um, I noticed her wedding ring right at the start, but thought she was still worth a go. That's this Max Browning motherfucker. As it turned out, I was right. I asked her out for a meal after work and she said that she couldn't refuse. We ended up in my bed at the end of the night. That was two years ago. We still meet and have sex once a week and it puts such a smile on my face every day. She told me from the start um, she wouldn't be divorcing her husband. She had no intention of leaving her comfortable home or her two teenage daughters for me. Again, you've really pointed out who this person is if people know, people work with you. Um daughters for me that sounded okay as i got all the good bits without any grief true um that all changed last week when i got the strong feeling a colleague was laughing at me i asked what was so funny he said i've seen that woman you fancy so much snogging a young lad in a pub another co-worker said she seemed to be close to a cocky young 22 year old guy in accounts i uh, i was steaming with anger but shrugged it off saying she's nothing to me I had to get out of the office as soon as I could. I was shaking with rage and probably bright red in the face. I'm avoiding her and ignoring all her texts. All I can think is getting revenge. I'm thinking of writing a letter to her husband or posting it all up on Facebook so the whole world knows the truth. What? Mate, you're a right cunt. Okay? Nah, seriously. You're something else. You are bagging a married woman. She, you, you didn't even see her cheat. She apparently kissed someone else. And now you want to snitch. You want to take some moral high ground now. You, Mate, shut up. Shut up, man. You know, you, you, you do what you like. You know, you're like, you're like those drugs. You're like people who take drugs, yeah? But don't eat pork. Like your whole moral compass is fucked up. You don't know what you're talking about. Calm it down, bruv. Carry on banging the married woman. Because you, you don't even want the relationship. You'll bring grief into your life. Carry on banging her. And just shut up. You think what, telling her husband's going to make her what? Now not cheat with other guys. Mate, you're dumb. You're going to be the first house she's coming to when he dashes her out. It's going to be your house she's staying at, bruv. About no grief. Dear cat. Anyway. What, uh, what other one is there? Let's see. Nightmare Neighbour? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what this one is. Nightmare Neighbour. Uh, woman next door is frosty after I said I needed privacy. I'm a happy mum with a son aged six months. I'm 23 and enjoying maternity leave. Um, all that's getting me down um, is the woman next door. She has a boy aged five and a daughter who's three. She sends me these long, boring texts. And would be round my house moaning every day given the chance. It started to get me down. 
um, but she always seems to be waiting um, to chat over the fence um, when I went outside. I told her politely I don't have time to read loads of texts every day and we made our fence higher for some extra privacy. Rawr. Now her manner has totally changed and she's very frosty towards me. Have I done something wrong? Yeah, you told her you don't want to fucking talk to her anymore. Now she's not talking to you. What are you complaining about? What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? You don't want to talk to her. Now she's not talking to you. Be quiet. All right, let's see. Uh-oh. Here we go. This is the good one. Headline here. Here it goes. I got my wife and the girl next door pregnant. What should I do? I had the most amazing sex with the girl next door. Now she's pregnant. And so is my wife. Is that the, <laughs> that's the best change in tone. That's how it's... I had the most amazing sex with the girl next door. Woo! Now she's pregnant. Oh. And so is my wife. Ah. Um, I, I am going crazy run, wondering what to do. I'm 39 and I've been married for six years. My wife is 36. Not sure how that's relevant. Um, she always wanted a family, but nothing happened until last autumn. Now I understand why the ages were mentioned. But which time, by which time we had given up hope. Now she's five months gone and delighted. One evening, my wife was out at a party when there was a knock at the door. It was a 19-year-old girl who lives next door with her parents. They were out and she was cooking pasta but had no tomatoes. She asked if I if she could borrow a tin. I found her some and offered her a glass of wine as I was already having one. She nodded and I suggested we go and sit in the other room. What, what What's happened to the pasta? I only realised then just what a stunner she is. Her figure really is something. I suppose she was a bit flirtatious too. She seemed to hang on my every word and I was flattered. Eventually she got up to go. At the door, she gave me a peck on the cheek, looked me, uh, looked at me long and hard and gave me a full-on lingering kiss. I know I shouldn't have responded, but I did. She put the tomatoes down and went back into the sitting room and we fell on the sofa. She undid my jeans and started to strip her clothes off. I could not control myself and we had amazing sex. It knocked me sideways and I remembered just what great sex is really like. We heard a car and it was her parents coming home. She was she so we dressed quickly and she went almost forgetting the tomatoes. Just remembering that evening aroused me wherever I was, but I knew I had to pull myself together and move on. Now she's texted me to say she's pregnant and wants us to bring up our child together. And this is what happens when you have relation. We're picking them. She's nineteen, man. Of course she's gonna fall for you. And now she wants to raise the kid together. Here's what you do, mate. Here's what you do. Let me take a sip of this drink. What you do is you just move away. Just move away from your wife. Just run away from responsibilities. Just leave. Change your name. Don't let her track you down. Don't let her speak to your wife. Just leave. Start a new life. Get a new job somewhere. Tell the wife we're leaving. I'm the head of this household and the job says we have to move. And she just have to go with you. That's how you deal with your problems, mate. You just run away. Second option, leave your wife for the younger model. She's 19. Yeah. And you have your you have your kids and you raise your new family. And you tell your kid how they came about. Well, I was actually married and then your mum came over and I saw tomatoes. But what she got 
was actually my balls. <laughs> hey. Then the high five your son as he looks at you mortified. And that is how I smashed your mum. <laughs> that pasta dish was never made. <laughs> oh dear, but she had some of my fucking meat. Anyway, I don't know, mate, like, you're going to have to deal with this. Or run away completely. Leave them both. Leave them both and then they'll join together and they'll raise the kids together. And they, they'll hate you. And you run away. And then you come back in their life when the kids are 18. You go, I realise my mistakes. And I just want to be a better man. And then you just spend like a good the rest of your life trying to win your kids back. Then you'll develop like some kind of renal failure. And then you're going to need your kid to get a kidney from. And then I'm like, fuck you, dad. Or they'll call you by your first name to make it really sting. You may be my father, but you're not my dad. Yeah, that kind of shit. That's the only options I've got for you, fella. I feel like the online dear deirdries aren't as sensational as the newspaper ones. Which I always thought online would have been a bit dirtier. But, um... But yeah, other headlines here. I wish my teenage daughter would stop taking drugs. Yep, good. That's a good wish as a parent. Well done. Uh, my husband won't talk to me after we lost our business. Oh, got that. Should I leave? Um, and John can't stop watching porn online despite hooking up with women. What, why is that? Why is, why is it one or the other? Why can't I do both? I ain't chucked around the word addict, have they? How addicted is he? Ah, oh, no, it's one of the photo ones, so it continues the next day. We don't have time for that. What we're going to do, we're going to end the podcast now. Um, I'm going to go indoors, start watching a bit of the Super Bowl, fall asleep by the by like the first quarter, wake up next morning, check the score, and realise I don't care enough to actually watch the highlights. So, that's the end of the podcast. I've been Griff, obviously. Um, I'm not sure if I even did that at the start. Who knows? Anyway, peace. Out.